Garrett, I don't think I want to record this week. Why don't you want to record this week? Because I want to run away. It just nobody pays attention to me, and I can't do anything right. I just want to run away. Okay, we can we can do that. I guess that's that's a solid backup plan. Oh, really? Yeah, that's fine. We can do that. Oh, okay. I wasn't expecting that. What were you expecting? I thought you'd say, no, let's just record this episode. And then you'd say... Hello and welcome to Going Digital, a Digimon Rewatch podcast, where I am Shin Garrett. And I am Kit Kat. <laughs> and today we watched, uh, well, we're going to talk about episode 29. Yeah, I legit don't know where to break that up and put in the intro music at this point. <laughs> uh, future me will have a fun time figuring that out. Yay, future you. Um, okay, well, this episode was called Arcanimon's Tangled Web, or Arcanimon, The Mistake of the Spider-Woman. Yeah, this was an alright episode. I liked it. Good, you should recap it for us. I mean, can I not? Well, tough luck, you need to. Okay. Um... (laughs) So this is like part two to like the two part episode that they didn't know they were going to do, but did anyway. And it starts off where we left off last time where, uh, the three boys were going to get, uh, eaten by a spider and they apparently can't use the D terminal to unarmor Digivolve Digimon. So that plan goes down the window. Um, Davis is good at soccer, though, so they figure out to throw a piece of wood at him so he can kick it into the air conditioning machine to break the web and stuff, and that works out, and there's, like, some subplots of, like, Yori freaking out and Ken being like, don't freak out, and Yori's like, oh, man, I gotta be like Ken and not freak out. Um, so then they do that, and then they hide in a drawer, and then, and then they figure out they need to do magic podcast editing to stop the, the flute. So there's there's a montage of that that happens. That's really like most of the episode, but but the end result is they they re- they record the sound and reverse it to play the counter sound. So then the bugs aren't controlled anymore. Um, and then they fight, and then they almost win. But then a new villain in the form of Mummy Man shows up and saves Matrix Lady, who spoilers is also a Digimon. She's the said. Uh, Arachnamon or Arukenimon or whatever, however you want to say it. And uh, they escape and stuff. Yep, sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds like what happened this episode. I was kind of surprised that um, in the Japanese original version, they the title card for the episode gives away that the Matrix Witch is a Digimon and not a human. Yeah, but I mean, the opening and the endings give away, like, what the Jogress evolutions are. Like, that's not new. 
I guess, yeah. I don't know. I felt like it should have been more of a secret. Like, and I'm pretty sure they did it with like all the armor evolutions when they first came up in their episode. I guess that's true. I guess they just can't keep a secret. No, they they don't know how secrets work. No. Uh, also, I forgot what the name of the spider is that was going to eat them in the web. But man, he must have been really far away because he spends like a third of this episode running toward them. Or he's just really slow. But he doesn't look that slow. You know, webs are sticky and stuff. And it's hard. Also, it, it's holding like the hair away from its face so that it can eat faster, I guess. I don't know. I didn't quite understand the character design there. I don't know. I think it's just a design. Well, I was like, boy, it must be really hungry because it's so prepared to eat them. But they, uh, yeah, it never gets there. Nope. Never gets there. And then they use the power of soccer to break free. Yes. Although, so, um, they, Ken and Davis tell Cody to use the D terminal because he's the only one with his hands free. Yeah, so he can text the others. And the others can be like, nah, we're busy almost dying. You on your own. Yeah, Yuli is like, sorry, but I can't make it. It honestly sounds like she's turning down a party invitation. I don't know. I just realized, like, I slurred my words super bad when I said that. I'm going to hate editing that. I'm sorry. You could say it again. Put it back in. No. It's not going to work now. It's too late. It's too late, guys. Um, Yes. I also am... I think the most redeeming part of this episode is how adorable Cody and Ken are, and I wish that they were the team instead of Davis. No offense to Davis. Wow. Harsh on Davis. It's not his fault. He just, like, you know, Cody's so into honor and Ken's so into, you know, kindness and respect and whatever. And they just, they're just super cute together. I'm into it. I, I don't support that ship, but that's Why okay. not? They're I, so don't, I don't like Yori as a character. But he, he's a much better character with Ken. Mm, maybe. I, it's weird. I'm not super into this dynamic. Mm, well, okay. Uh, yeah. And also, so um, the witch lady is playing her flute the entire time. And then, so the Digmon and Stingmon are fighting uh, XVmon. And XVmon then comes down and turn. he's gotten hit enough times, I guess. He comes down to be with Davis Ken and Yori and yep. um, then turns into Vimon and then they go and hide, like you said, in the drawer. And then Digmon and Sigmon come and it takes them like a good 10 minutes to get through this drawer. It makes me um, wonder, like, how how fragile are Digimon that their attacks that don't work on this drawer work on each other? Well, I think it's a combination of... A lot of things are happening in parallel, so it's not necessarily taking that full time when it's cutting to other things. It's possible. And then you would have to assume the scale of the drawer to the Digimon would mean that it's it's thicker and there's more to, to drill through, you know? Yeah, okay, I could see that. It's, like, definitely not an Ikea dresser 
This is no. clearly real wood instead of particle board. In which case, they're destroying good furniture, you know? Yeah, for the giant that doesn't live there? Yeah. Also, um, uh, oops, what was I going to say? Also, it's, um, I don't agree with their decision not to tell Digmon and Stingmon what happened to them. Um, yeah, I didn't quite get that part. Because they don't remember, and so then Vimon's like, don't tell them, because I, essentially, I don't want them to feel bad for trying to hurt me, which makes sense, but you're also leaving a gap in their time, and if they find out later, they're going to be super upset. Counterpoint, Wormon has a lot going on. (laughs) Okay, maybe. Um, Armadillo Mon, you probably could have like taken a side and, and talked to. Yes. Also, there is. has been through enough. Okay. That's fair, I guess. Although I would be mad if somebody didn't tell me. But. Uh, and then they're in the drawer, and um, Ken is like, "Do you know the story of the moths and the bats?" Which no, I don't know this. <laughs> and it, I was like, I don't know if it's a story of the moths and the bats, but I'm with you. And I that, didn't know this was a thing. You knew this was a thing. Yes, I didn't I, know it was a thing. We had uh, when I lived in Colorado when I was a kid. There was a museum there that talked about bats, and so they talked about this, and that's why I know it. Um, yeah, that's why, uh, have you, uh, I'm assuming the answer to this is no, but have you ever, um, taken a sock and thrown it up in the air and that's how you catch bats? No. It's not very nice, but the bats hear something large in the air and they go to grab it thinking it's a bug, but it's actually your sock. And then they're feet their claws get stuck in it and it pulls them down so if there's a bunch of bats you could throw like a knotted sock up into the air and they'll grab it and then they fall it's not nice and i don't approve of doing it but yeah it's a thing anyway uh what was i going for with this oh right in the dub um davis says uh i thought that was the story about the birds and the bees (laughs) and then they say something and he's like uh, wait, but what's the story of the birds and the bees? <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, Davis, nobody's told you about the birds and the bees yet. I mean, he's only in like a grade in middle school, maybe? I got the birds and the bees talk when I was in kindergarten. I don't think that's normal. When did you get the birds and the bees talk? I, I don't know, I think it was like junior high. Goodness. No, I had a book when I was a kid that was like, How Babies Are Made, and it was a fascinating book. Okay, so so I guess the answer depends, because Davis is in fifth grade in the in the Japanese version, and seventh grade in the English version. Well, and in the Japanese version, that's not what he says. I've, okay, well then... So okay, he's baby. in seventh grade, and he doesn't know about the birds and the bees. He knows about the idea of the birds and the bees, but he doesn't know what that euphemism is. Poor sweet okay. Davis. Yep. <laughs> uh, and it's also quite convenient that 
Apparently sound design is Yoli's specialty, a thing that's never been mentioned before. Yeah, but I don't, uh, it's fine. Okay. I guess. I don't know. It's fine because it's Yoli and you like Yoli. I mean, Yoli's good this episode. I, I think you have to concede that. I mean, yeah, she's fine. Look, Yoli's know, been think... stepping it up as a character these past few episodes in, in being exceptionally better than normal. Okay. No, um... no, there was the, the, the part where she's like, hey, this is a trap. We should, we should, you know, plan for this. And then there was this part. Yeah, but then there was also the part where she was like, let's split up because I want to fight six of these things by myself, apparently. I, I still think the plan was to split up to find the other people and then text them. I guess. I don't know. It's not a very well iterated plan. Um, yes. But yeah, so Miyako's the podcast editor of the group. That's why you like her. I, I mean, I didn't I didn't remember this part until I watched this episode, so I don't think we can <laughs> retroactively add that. Oh, okay. Um, and there's conveniently a computer in this abandoned home, and it conveniently has some kind of sound design software on it. Oh, I think and a she microphone. had to download it. Well, okay, but it has a microphone at the very least. Yeah, uh, well, that's fair. And... Yeah, that's interesting. And it's a a whack instead of a Mac with a tomato. Yep, I picture also noted that instead of an apple. Um, also confirmed in lore, she helps uh, Izzy um, mix Matt's band's music. Yes. Well, now apparently it hasn't always been that way. Yeah. So I just assume that the only reason any of it is somewhat listenable is because of her editing. Well, interestingly, uh, T cases in the subversion that um oh i was wondering why i was hearing brass uh instruments and not seeing any or something like that which would mean that their studio albums are going to sound extremely different than their live shows unless, unless they get like yeah, what if you get like the sample thing to play on the keyboard you could do that that's true it's a little bit uh uh diy-ish but yes. I mean, yeah, Matt's band's bad anyway, so whatever. I'm trying to remember the name of that artist from Australia who plays all the weird instruments and loops them. I've heard of it. I can't place it. Yeah, if I could think of that person's name, I think I would say it here, but I can't, so. Oh. Okay. Um. Also, not clear on why playing it in a loop makes it stop working well no it's it's playing it in a loop in reversed or inverted one of the two because they record it and then they flip miyako says a lot of stuff after they record it really quickly on what they're actually going to do and most of it makes sense i just didn't write it all down but it's you're like flipping it in reverse to basically produce the counter noise to what is being played she's pulling a missy elliott (laughs) Yes. <laughs> okay. And then, I understood that reference. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay, so she plays it in reverse. But how do we know that wouldn't just make them t- do something else? Like, how is it 
canceling out the other like that's not really exactly how sound works like they have this theory and they're just lucky that they get it right on the first try and also how is it heard through the whole house and then she just stops playing her flute when it stops working like she could go back to using the flute i feel like just lure them away from the computer first well have you heard the story about the moths and the bats yes that's how it works but they don't know that for sure but it works there is digital sound stuff in in the works and it it makes everything okay okay well i am completely convinced good i mean i don't think you can be super hard on it it's a pretty unique solution to their problem rather than just knocking the flute out of her hands or something or sticking up her nose like ken wants to yeah yeah, I mean, I feel like you would have to do one to then do the other, but sure. <laughs> um. Yes. Okay. Uh, also, the end of this episode is frustrating because they, if they just talked less and murdered her more, she would not have escaped. Well, see, no one wants to murder except Ken. And me. And you. But we already knew that. But it's also not murder, because she'll just turn into an egg, and then she'll grow up again. It'll be fine. I mean, there's also the, like, TK and Hikari should should be of, of knowing of this. Yeah, they all should. Well, no, because TK and Hikari doesn't tell anybody shit, but they should know. Okay, that's fair. Well, Ken knows, and TK and Hikari know, and so they should well, all Well, TK's like... Anything. TK was like, don't try to act cool, Ken. When he's like, I'll, I'll do it. It's fine. Yeah. So, you know, They're TK's arguing bad. over who gets to murder her. That's interesting. Yeah. So then, so then Bummy Man comes in and, and wrecks them all. Yes. Um, and also, in Japanese, they have the name Arachnamon, like arachnophobia. And for some reason, in the dub, they change it to Arakenamon, but don't change the title card again. Guys, they're doing such a poor job. I don't think they've ever changed the title card. It's terrible. What are they doing? Don't change their names, then. I don't know. There's also, like, this part where Arakenamon or Arachnamon or whatever, like, kind of starts to maybe answer questions when they're questioning her. And we don't get much out of it, but it's there. Yeah, and they're like, she's not answering our questions. She's not, what did they say? She's not remorseful or something. So Yeah, or something. Which is like, which why, like why should she be? <laughs> yeah, I mean, she said her life purpose was to destroy. Yeah, that's, she's doing good so far. Um, and they don't know the true nature of the Dark Towers. Yes. And there's a part in here, I wrote down whatever you want in quotes, which I can't remember if Cody says that to Ken or Ken says it to Cody, but I think that that is there as you wish, because, you know, I'm super into Maybe. This. And the way that Ken smiles when he's looking at Cody, it's just so cute. Ken just wants a friend. I mean, they can be friends. Yeah, because... because- Cody's like, oh man, I thought I could repay you, but then you saved me like 14 more times. And Ken's like, no, it's it's fine. You you thought of the thing with the AC unit? And Cody's like, no, 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 no. That, that doesn't count. 
And then Miyako's over here like, so how about me who saved all of you? Yet any any repayments you want to do to me? And Dave's just like, nope. There's a lot of evidence that going through uh, things that drive up your adrenaline make you feel closer to people. They were trapped in a drawer and they were going to die. So they're much closer now. Yeah, but Miyako saved everybody and she just gets ignored. Yeah, sorry, Miyako, but you're not in the center of the ship, so. Yeah, too bad canonically Ken and Miyako end up together. So you lose in the end. (sighs) Well, maybe they have a brief romance first. They have like three kids. No, I'm saying like maybe Cody and Ken have a brief romance and then it doesn't actually work out. And then he marries Lily. During that college experimental phase? Yeah. Um, Okay. Anywho. Yes. Uh, And then Mummy Mon engages in some weird, like, transgressive humor. I don't know. He says, in the sub, he says, when we get to our hideout, I'll take really good care of your body. So so that means they're going to fuck, right? Huh? That means they're going to fuck, right? Like, that's how I took that. I mean, I at least that's what he's going to try to do. She doesn't seem all that into it, but I don't know. Neither do I. But that's what I, that's what it sounded like, and that's how I read it. Yeah. And then in the English version, they changed it to him saying he's trying to be romantic or something. And she's like, there's no time for that. <laughs> It's really the same version. It's the same thing. Kind of. It's just one is one is tweaked a little bit for, for American younger audiences. Who clearly do not know what sex is. but Apparently not. I mean, I would have been happier with that if she was into the idea. But she seems, like, really annoyed with him. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else to say about this episode? No, this was pretty good. I liked it. Yeah, me too, actually. Um, okay, well, then our Atman episode is called Buddies No More, Gotchman Run Away, f- Gotchman's Run Away from Home. Yeah. I don't like this episode. Eh, yeah, this is a fillery, fillery episode. So, yeah, why don't you tell me about this episode? I would love to. Um, so effectively, everybody's excited about the new puppy. Gotchman feels like he is the old puppy who's being ignored, so he decides to run away. Dokomon also runs away because he, he likes the idea of, um, Eri, like, missing him and being concerned about him. And Musaman just comes because he thinks it sounds like a fun idea. So they are running away, and somebody takes a picture of them, and then, um, a blurry picture, and then, uh, they end up finding a boy who also ran away from home for effectively the same reason. So then they try to help him get home. He gets home and um, Gotchman realizes that he's been doing the same thing that this little boy did and that everything's okay. And then they are trying to figure out how to go home appropriately. And Haru finds them and uh, it looks like there's a dog running towards him. And so... Um, Gotchman like tries to protect him, but it turns out the dog wasn't actually going to attack him. He was just going back to his owner. So then they go back, uh, but nothing's changed. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, it wasn't I, a very exciting episode. I don't like this one. Yeah. 
like <laughs> I, 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 well, personally, I don't like this trope. But I think even if I like this trope, I probably still wouldn't like this episode. What do you mean, this trope of like people running away because they're not getting enough attention? Or yeah, oh okay. yeah, I feel like that's a commonly used trope that's used in media. Why do you think it encourages kids to run away from home? <laughs> no, I just don't like it. I don't think anything came out of it. Well, we we know nothing came out of it. Um, I also think it's weird to have it this far in the series. Well, I mean, it kind of makes sense. Offman is the new baby. And actually, I I still think he's cute, but I find him a little annoying now. Like, get it together. I mean, it's just part of his power set. He's weaponized cuteness. <sighs> I guess. But he's... Yeah, and then... He's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for this, I'm sorry for that. And Gotchman makes a very good point where he says, I'm not going to forgive you just because you put sorry in front of everything. Like, good for you, Gotchman. Tell it how it is. Um, But yeah, so I also think this is a weird place for this because, like, remember that time Haru jumped in the pool of, of evil Leviathan stuff to save Gachiman? And that's what, like, stoked the fires and... Time Mon's heart, so then they could ultimate Digivolve. Remember that? Yeah, but I mean, Gotchman's not a very deep person, and is probably like not doesn't remember that. It doesn't have the same emotional uh, salience for him as it did, you know, closer to that time. That's actually there are a lot of people in life who are like that. It where especially like. Do you know anyone who has uh, borderline personality disorder? Mm, if I do, I don't know I do. Okay. Well, if, if for them, essentially, like, they're, they're constantly feeling like if they don't have the attention of the people who they who are supposed to love them all the time, they just don't have the ability to trust that it's still there. So they constantly have to test relationships and, like, they never feel comfortable. They never feel like they're loved. And so everybody's kind of on that spectrum. Some people assume that they're loved up and until the point where the person literally leaves them. And some people are never, never convinced entirely that someone actually cares about them and that they can kind of just have faith in that. And it sounds like Gotchman's more on the end where if you're not constantly showing him attention, he thinks that you don't love him because he's upset that Haru is, uh, was mad at him for sleeping on his face or whatever. Which, I guess. in fairness, I would also be like, get the F off of me. I am sleeping. But what if he's warm? Okay, that might change my mind, actually. But Gotchman's, like, kind of... I mean, he doesn't take his costume off at night, so he's probably kind of pokey. Maybe it's just kind of like foam and it's or fluffy or something. Maybe. I don't know. I assumed his little hat thingy was plasticky, but... I guess I don't know what Digimon are made out of. I don't think anybody does. I mean, in the real world? No. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's a valid point. That actually brings up a lot of questions for me. Like, are they made out of flesh when they're in the real world? And if they're not, are they made out of metal? I mean, what kind of atoms are are their bodies made out of? And how do they get them from like this little 
hologram projections, then they applerize, and then they're like actual solid things that people can touch and pick up and whatever, and they can manipulate the world, that would imply that they have matter of some form. I don't know. I have You've a lot gone of too far deep. We're never going to have answers to any of these. I just, oh, I just, I need to know. Um, yes. Uh, also have a question about why there's a, a pterodactyl skeleton in the basement of the bookstore. I mean, didn't they have like a T-Rex one in the upper floor? Maybe they just have like oh, dinosaur right. things. Yeah, weird, but that's okay. That's probably how the bookstore stays in business. Killing dinosaurs? No, having the dinosaurs to display because no one buys books anymore. I buy books. Do you buy like paper books or do you buy them digitally? I buy paper books. Do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because... A, it's uh, much cheaper to buy used books than it is to try to buy stuff on a Kindle. And B, I'm old-fashioned and I like the paper. I also, I, like, I have a problem with bright lights. I have very sensitive eyes and so I don't like the brightness. So I generally don't buy books, digital books. Okay. I'm not, I... I don't believe that my opinion is the right opinion. It just is how I feel. So it is 100% fine. People who like digital books, more power to you. It just doesn't work very well for me. Nah, they're wrong. What? No. <laughs> I think digital books are great. I mean, it, it's less trees killed and less space in your home. And, you know, uh, it's convenient to have just one device thing that has all your books on it I, there's a lot yes of great no. reasons <laughs> the, but there's like the idea of like of preservation and like when you're buying things generally you're generally buying through a service and so you technically don't fully own yeah that's true too. the product that you're buying because it's being hosted on a server and generally like you're not allowed to like download and keep archival files of what you've purchased which is kind of a big deal they should fix that. Um, preservation's huge and important, and we need to figure out how to keep this in a digital age. Def, yeah. Yeah, and it's annoying, too, not to be able to share books with people. Like, I own this. I paid for it. I mean, like, to an extent, I I understand. Um, I don't know. It, it's, it's a complicated thing, and it... I guess requires a complicated solution that I'm not entirely sure what it would be. Well, somebody should know. You would think. Also, but yeah, same thing with like websites. Like websites come and go, and like that's not most of the time. It's not being archived. Like archive.org is not perfect. It's it's a good step in a good direction, but it's not where it should maybe should be. Yeah. You know, and then there's, like, the whole thing with, like, with, like, Flash. Like, Flash is being removed, like, permanently. So, like, all those Flash animations from, like, all of those years are, Oh, like, God. They're just going to be gone. Oh, wow. That's wild. I <laughs> I didn't realize they were doing that. Why are they getting rid of Flash? It's a giant security hole. Oh. Okay. Um, also, shout-outs to John and, and his podcast uh, that goes over Flash animations. Well, they're still here. <laughs> Yeah, right now. Right now they're still here. He's doing the Lord's work and uh, covering them. I, or Flash Lord's work? Flash Lord's work. We're going to go with that. Flash Lord sounds 100% like a, a Takasatsu 
thing. That's fine. Um, yeah, so I'm continuing to talk about this because this episode's, like, I don't like it. <laughs> I was going to talk about the uh, unidentified mystery animals or whatever. I think that's a thing. Because I don't know. I was watching... Oh, man, I can't remember. I was watching something else, and it used the exact same um, termina- terminology for it, and I had to look up to see what it was. I forgot what I was watching that did it, though. That's going to bug me now. Yeah, well, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. It seems like the kind of thing where they're looking for... I thought cryptids were like the Loch Ness Monster and Bigfoot, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. Oh, yeah, there's that weird part with that weird J guy. Yes. Well, and then Afro Man gets super excited about this UMA. Um, And then um, they're in an alleyway and UMA Hunter J or something with his butterfly net, which seems very effective. Uh catches them basically and then the little kid um says oh these are my dolls and then he keeps trying to turn around and catch him in the act like okay he was kind of annoying yeah like yeah it wasn't wasn't good Um, do not like i also found it interesting the different responses that they had to their uh, Digimon running away and then coming back. Oh yeah, I guess like the one like true true good thing about this episode is is Ari finally punched something. Yeah, but Just I mean happened she to be Dokemon. Dokemon, which is so sad. That's the opposite of what he wanted. Maybe he's into that. Who knows? He's a what? Into that. Maybe he's that. into that. Oh, okay. I thought you said maybe he's a something and I was like that's definitely not a word that I know. No. Um, Maybe he's just into it. Yeah. it's. I thought it was interesting, Astra and Musaman. Astra's like, it's totally cool to run away from home. And Musaman's like, I know, right? So I did it. And Astra's like, good for you. And that's kind of the, just a really interesting way to approach that. Like, Haru's yeah. super worried. And Aries annoyed. And Astra's supportive. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, and Haru didn't even, like, understand what he did for, like, the first half, and then they had to have it explained to him. Well, he's an only child, right? So he's probably never had that experience. That's true. How how much younger is your sibling than you? Uh, eight years. Eight years, yeah. So, you like, you were alive and aware when that occurred. What was that like for you? Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to explain that. Because <laughs> I was two when my sister was born, and I don't remember it, but my parents said I was super pissed, and I actually bit my dad because he wasn't paying attention to me. And they gave me the car keys for me to play with, and then I went home with the babysitter with the car keys so they couldn't leave the hospital. Oh, whoops. Yeah, so, like, apparently I was not a big fan. I do love my sister now, but I was not a big fan at the time. So I think if I had known about running away, I probably would have done it. Okay. I, I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, there's not much else to this episode. It's nice no, that there really isn't. Dokumon and Musamon are like supportive of Gotchman. Because when it said he was running away, I figured he was going to be off by himself and everybody was going to be looking for him. But the other two were like, hey, what's up? Let's all go together, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, like, it's, it's okay, I guess. Like, I don't I don't like it, but it's fine. Yeah, I, I wasn't super into this episode. It seemed like, I don't know. I I, I feel like I'm a harsh critic because when they have just like episode where they're fighting after episode where they're fighting after episode where they're fighting, I'm like, uh, this show does nothing but fight. But then when they have episodes like this, I'm like, uh, this is not moving the plot along and it's so boring, but it's, I don't know. It's like a little vignette about life. I just wish that they were better written. Like it would be more fun if they spent these kind of episodes playing with the concepts of like, the Atman being, you know, different kinds of applications or, you know, the social consequences of these things or something. And I realize it's a kid's show. That's a lot to ask, but it just, it seems like they could do better. Right. I mean, Atman was, was better than this. Atman has been better than this. It, it, we, we know it has the potential to do interesting things and yeah. it just didn't this week. No. I don't know. I don't have too much more to say about it. Me neither. I'm honestly trying to remember where I saw UMA because I swear I just saw it like earlier in this week when I was looking at something because it's in my search history when I looked up what it was because he didn't explain it in whatever I was watching. I don't know. It, it was probably either Kamen Rider or Ultraman or Gridman. This would have been the two other things I would have been watching. Okay. Well, I don't know which one it was in because I don't watch either of those. Neither. Those. Well, I watch those. I, I was going to say, wait a second. <laughs> Would you go mystery animal hunting on a identified mystery animal? No. If they're like birds, do you think they're unidentified flying animals? Ufas? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think that we may have come to the end of this episode. <laughs> I think we have. Yeah. I just a... don't have anything to say about there it. There wasn't much to say about it, unfortunately. Made me really want candy bars, but... Oh? I mean, they have a whole bag of them. Oh, yeah. To to apologize, Haru buys a bag of candy bars. Yeah, because Offman started eating Gotchman's candy bar, which is a total little little sibling thing to do, like... Oh, this was yours? Whoops. But I'm cute, so I'll get away with it. And you're like, just wait, your time is coming. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Well, who knows if his time is actually coming. True. Uh, yeah, this is a podcast. You can find it on the internet at goingdigitalpodcast.com, where there are links to all of things like Twitters and emails and iTunes where you can rate and review us. And emails where you can email me and and let me know where I saw UMA earlier this month or week or whatever uh, to solve that mystery. Yes. Or let us know about the coolest unidentified uh, mystery animal that you've ever seen. Yeah. So do you have a haiku for us this week? Do you have a haiku for us this week? Um, this one is 
Giant computer. Empty house for no owner. Who pays the power? That's a good question. It's a um, thoughtful one. The, the Digivolution will not run away. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, good time. And good day. And stop.